Have you ever been bullied at work, at school, at shul? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 65 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn that many bullies act with aggression to compensate for their inferiority complex. Often, they're simply missing love in their lives. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with the story. King Tzitkiyahu once walked in on Nebuchadnezzar as he was eating raw rabbit, an ancient fertility treatment. Shocked at being discovered, he said to him, Swear to me that you won't reveal what you saw and allow the word to get out. Tzitkiyahu duly swore. But with time, Tzitkiyahu was becoming physically ill over the matter, and so he went off and had his vow annulled, subsequently spilling the beans. It didn't take long for Nebuchadnezzar to hear that people were ridiculing him. He summoned the Sanhedrin together with King Tzidkiyahu and said, Did you see what Tzidkiyahu did? Didn't he swear by the God of heaven not to reveal my secret? He had his vow annulled, they replied. You permit the annulment of vows? He asked incredulously. Yes, they responded. In the presence of the third party or even in his absence? Asked Nebuchadnezzar. Only in his presence, they replied. So what did you do? Fumed Nebuchadnezzar. Why didn't you make that demand of Tzidkiyahu? With that, He removed their preferential judicial chairs and made them sit directly on the ground. Let's look at the continuation of the story in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God. What was his rebellion? Sidkiyahu found Nebuchadnezzar eating a live rabbit. Immediately they fulfilled the verse, They sit upon the ground and keep silent the elders of the daughter of Zion. Rabbi Yitzchak said this means that they removed the cushions from beneath them. Let's analyze the Gemara. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful man in the world, and Tzidkiyahu stumbled upon his weakness. As strong and commanding as he was in his public life, in the privacy of his own personal life, he was deficient. One almost wonders whether his aggressive public persona might have been a reflection of overcompensation for his private weakness. When I was in high school, John C. was the class bully. The first time I met him, he grabbed my yarmulke off my head, ran under the tap, and then rubbed it in the dirt. I guess I handled it okay, but sadly, I couldn't say the same for Stephen F. As the only Aboriginal kid in our class, he faced taunts and constant bullying from John. Eventually, he couldn't take it anymore and complained to the principal. John was expelled from the school, and we all breathed a sigh of relief. Years later, I bumped into Stephen. We began to reminisce about old times, and then the talk turned to John's bullying. As it turned out, Stephen had known John since elementary school. John, he explained, was from a broken home, constantly shuttled between his parents, who lived on opposite ends of the city, both in low-income housing. His mother had a drug problem, and his father was abusive. In short, John came from a very troubled background. Show me a bully and I'll show you a person with a major inferiority complex who's overcompensating to hide his personal issues. Nebuchadnezzar's aggression was most probably a result of his private shortcomings. Never let a bully take out his personal angst on you. Always keep in mind that if he is acting aggressively, he's the one with the problem, not you. Do you feel bullied at school or at work or at shul? Don't ever take it personally. Next time you come under attack, don't try to retaliate or defend yourself or run away. As difficult as it might sound, choose instead to reach out to your aggressor and embrace him. Don't be afraid of him. He's really not as tough as he pretends to be. Aggression may be the only way that he knows how to interact with others. Just offer him a warm smile and ask him what's on his mind. 
He might not respond immediately, but when you shower him with love and kindness, eventually you will melt his tough, aggressive exterior. King Tzitkiyahu didn't accidentally walk in on Nebuchadnezzar when he was taking his meds. That would never have happened. The meaning of the Gemara is that he reached out to him to try to figure out what was bothering him. Nebuchadnezzar confided in him. For whatever reason, Tzitkiyahu later deemed it necessary to inform certain advisors, presumably national security experts, about Nebuchadnezzar. Someone must have leaked the information leading to terrible consequences for the Jewish people. And so it goes without saying that if someone does share personal information with you, you must keep what they say completely confidential. Unless, of course, failing to disclose the information may put lives in danger, including the person themselves. But most of the time, the right approach is to reach out and just be prepared to listen to the other person. Don't feel threatened by your local bully. Don't let your kids feel threatened by the schoolyard bully. May you reach out and shower those troubled individuals with love, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.